It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race fans. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced, white-knuckle racing just across the river, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs. Don't forget about the Joe's Karting parts and wheel shop that is available inside Joe's Karting. You can always give Buddy a call or message the Joe's Karting Parts Facebook page for information about what you need and getting pricing on that kind of stuff. I know I see him posting every once in a while, sheet metal for cheap, which um, I I say cheap very loosely because there's not much that's cheap these days, Uh, but I guess cheap for the market. So Buddy can always find those good deals and then offers them up as a part of the Joe's Karting Parts Uh, Facebook page and then uh, while you're down there getting your parts picked maybe you're getting whatever you need for your stock car your hobby stocks uh, for your sport modified you can also turn some laps at uh, at, uh, Joe's Carding joescarding.com for more information on both the race facility and the parts store Uh, lined up for today's show we're going to recap some of the news that has happened not much since we talked to you guys on Tuesday actually I think we I actually made a mistake when scheduling the uh, show that we actually published on Wednesday on accident. So not a lot has happened since we uh, talked to you guys, but we'll cover what has happened and we'll get you set for Sunday's race at Atlanta. Uh, and then we're going to talk with Zach Zeitner, driver, the number 76 late model throughout the area. Zach joins us in turn number two to get us set for his 2022 plans and beyond Dirk. Uh, we did talk on uh, the last podcast about the penalties coming for the seven of Corey LaJoy. And uh, they were handed down on Tuesday where he lost a crew chief for four solid weeks. Uh, And because of the uh, insecure, uh, what is it? Loss of loss or separation of an improperly installed tire wheel from the vehicle. Uh, So his crew chief is now on a four week vacation and also lost crew member Blaine Anderson and Alan Holman. Not sure what they, those two do, but. Uh, they're now on a four-week vacation. Yeah, like I said, I'm not sure what they do for his team either. They just take two crewmen and the crew chief. And I wonder if they, they get to – that's something we should ask in Kansas is do the teams get to pick the crew members they lose or do they? does NASCAR decide who they lose? Well, in all honesty, I'm, I would be willing to bet NASCAR is picking um, who is ever responsible for tightening that lug nut is one of the people. Yeah. I mean, that only makes sense. Hey, you're the dude that didn't type the lug nut there, front tire changer. Right. See you in four weeks. Yeah, don't now, suspend the, the don't suspend the uh the fuel man. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I, I don't really know. And and I might be wrong, but I just know the way NASCAR thinks on stuff. And to me, that makes makes a lot of sense that they would take that tire changer, whether it's front tire or rear tire, whatever. Yep. I don't know who the other one would be. I saw there was a big thing where Corey LaJoy was complaining about that penalty. And, uh, you know, he, oh, this is ridiculous, losing three guys just for a, a wheel coming off. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, this is race number four, and it's happened three straight weeks in a row. <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, again, you know, you know I talked about this, uh, but I think it was part of some of the audio that I ended up cutting out of the show just to kind of make it a little more timely. But. Uh, these lug nut penalties are the are what, in my opinion, the direct result of Tony Stewart calling out NASCAR for being for not having enough safety uh, precautions in place. Because years ago, 
Um, we were talking about this. I, it was, I thought that at one point in time, you didn't have to have, there was no lug nut penalty. There was no, you have to have these on tight. And, you know, previous years, it was X amount of, of lug nuts. I want to say after Tony Stewart blasted NASCAR, they came in and said, uh, you got to get at least three of them tight. And then they tightened it up like uh, maybe four or five races later and said, nope, five on, five off. All five have to be tight. I worked my first, my first national event in 99. And back then, the rule book stated lug nuts needed to be properly installed. Mm-hmm. It didn't say three of them, five of them, 12 of them. It said properly installed. So is it a little loose? As long as it's on the lug nut, that's all we were told to look at on the pit stops. Then all the things started happening um, with uh, the three lug nuts. So NASCAR went down to having three lug nuts tightened, and that's all you had to have. You know, the other two were supposed to be on the car, but only three had to be tight. Yeah. That's when Tony Stewart made his gripe that somebody's going to get killed. Mm -hmm. Only three lug nuts, especially on a right front tire at a track like Texas or Atlanta, where they're really hauling the mail going into turn one or turn three, either one. And These that's current. where we're at. That's where we're at today. It's not NASCAR making up a penalty just to to thicken the rule book a little bit. There there was a sequence of events that happened that spurred this to happening. Yeah, and, but this this doesn't. What's happening now in the Cup Series? Throw the old rule book out because it ain't there no more. They only have one lug nut. You better da- yeah. And, and if you don't get that tight, you're, you're gonna have this issues. Got to do with Tony, this got nothing to do with what Tony Stewart did. Now, what's still going on in the Xfinity and the Truck Series? Yes. But in Cup, Cup made this big change. A lot of people, yours truly included, was not happy with a single lug nut. Mm-hmm. And you know that, and I've stated here on the show millions of times that I don't like one lug nut. But NASCAR made it their baby that there's going to be one lug nut. And by God, everybody's going to follow our rule or there'll be hell to pay. Right. And that's just NASCAR being NASCAR. It's, so as they Tony Stewart time. said, it's their basketball. It's their game. Yeah, well, I use the word term sandbox, but uh, yep. yeah, same same thing. Yep. Yeah, same same difference, but uh, yeah. So this with the single lug nut now, everything Tony Stewart said is is pretty much out the window. But uh, um, it is what it is, and I'll applaud NASCAR. I think the penalty's a little harsh, personally, mm-hmm. but I just hope they don't get six eight races into the season. And uh, Chase Elliott loses a wheel. And they just said, oh, well, you know, we're just going to suspend the car chief. Yeah. If you yeah. notice, it's it's been back markers that have had the issue the first four races. They haven't had, you know, a Gibbs car, a Hendricks car, anything like that. And they shouldn't have. Yeah, but it's I guess it's kind of a little surprising to me that, that it wouldn't have been one of those teams. Because, well, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess if it's any team that's that's going to push the envelope and try to get off a 10th faster. It's going to be one of those front runners because it's going to benefit them in the short term. Am I making sense? Well, you're thinking, you're just thinking about it wrong. Okay. There's Not one the lug nut. They, they can't afford to have one lug nut come loose when there's only one. Yeah. They're putting the wheel on and making sure it stays on. Yeah. You know, the other crews aren't quite that detailed and it's totally understandable. You know, you got a lot of weekend warriors on these smaller teams. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, our, our buddy Tracy Weber did some pit road stuff for a couple teams back in the, in the early 2000s for Bobby Dodder's truck team when I was working trucks. I'd see him at a race every now and then, you know. Hmm. And uh, 
they just needed help. I mean, I, I caught tires for, for two cars at a race. Who'd have ever thunk that? <laughs> yeah. And I didn't get any penalties. No, no, you did not. Congratulations. You did. God, what would have happened if you'd have got that fine? Because we know the team that we were helping that day, they didn't have the money to pay the fine. Oh, I would have pointed to Bob Kroger and said, <laughs> that was his tire. <laughs> uh, moving on, we talked a lot about Tyler Reddick over the last couple of weeks. He is under contract with Richard Childress Racing through 2023. At a media event on Tuesday afternoon, Richard Childress Racing confirmed uh, that Tyler Reddick is under contract with the team through 2023 season. Uh, Reddo, Tyler Reddick has led 90 laps in a streak of top 10 finishes, including a third place finish last weekend at Phoenix. So um, not a one-year deal for Tyler Reddick. He uh, will have a, has a contract with Richard Childress uh, through uh, the, uh, to the end of the 2023 season. Well, that's probably just re-signed a one-year deal. He had to be under contract to start this year, I would think. Yeah. And this is 2022, so it well, is a one-year deal. And when they – well, no, it's through 2023. Exactly. So that'd so be a 2 So he wasn't under year. contract this year? He got a one-year extension from 22 to 23. Yeah, but this isn't – they're not reading it as an extension. It sounds more like they were just clarifying what his contract is. It didn't – in any, uh -huh. of the, uh, any of the articles, it didn't say anything about them signing a contract extension. Yeah, well, when I saw that saying he's under contract through 2023, I didn't even bother reading the article because the headline didn't make sense to me. Right. So. Well, yeah, and again, that's it. It's just that it's the wording is very specific that it doesn't say signs a contract extension or will, will remain with or what anything like that. It just says that he's under contract with Richard Childress through 2023. You know, and I haven't seen an article anywhere where, you know, Jack Roush or Penske or somebody's trying to steal him. Yeah. You know, but uh, he would be a hot commodity. And I, I think another thing that it, it's a lot of times when they announce these deals, they don't necessarily allow, announce the length of the contract. Maybe sometimes they'll say, you know, Joe Gibbs Racing has re-signed Denny Hamlin to remain, you know, driver of the number 11 car through the 2025 race season or whatever. Uh, but that's about all the details you get out of it. And some of these other teams or some of these other smaller drivers like Tyler that, you know, obviously Richard Childress is a bigger team, but Tyler's not a big, big uh, superstar name yet. I think he's on his way, but um, they probably just didn't announce the length of his contract. Yeah, or it might have been a deal where his contract technically was up this year. And, but again, they didn't say this, so it's just a speculation, mm -hmm. is that maybe there was an option Yeah, for Childress for, you know, oh, and maybe, Yeah, maybe he's already decided to year. exercise that option. Exactly. But again, they didn't say, you know, Childress is going to exercise the options. So mm -hmm. that's just a speculative deal. Like I said, the way they worded it was so ambiguous. Who knows what happened? Right. That's pretty much it for news. Unless there's anything you can uh, think of that we're missing. Oh, yeah. Big article today. I don't remember which one of the NASCAR sites I saw it on. But, you know, people are still complaining about this car. And they're going to complain about it until Dale Earnhardt Sr. comes back from the dead and gives it a thumbs up. <laughs> you know whether it's whether it's the number placement the single lug nut um you know the fact that they've gone to irock cars again well damn it they've been irock cars since like 2007 so what difference does that make right but, uh, there have been four races and four is the common theme here folks four different pole winners four different race winners Four different stage one winners, 
four different stage two winners. You know, how much more parity can you have? Yeah. What do you think that is? Is it the new car or, I mean, or is this just a fluke? Um, a little bit of both. A little, you know, we, we knew there would be teams that would come out on top of the pile right away and other teams would be playing catch up. And we talked about that the other day with uh, uh, Keselowski going over to uh, RFK, mm-hmm. you know, getting in on that deal. Um, the fact that they're struggling here after four races, but they had been struggling for six, eight, ten years. Um, that they're just further behind the eight ball on this new car than a lot of people. Um, it looks like Stuart Haas um, had two drivers in the top. What, what Harvick finished, fifth or sixth? I thought fourth. Fourth, okay. So they had two drivers with the winner and, and Harvick. So they had two in the top five. They've been struggling a little bit. Sorry, I just um, want to correct myself. Sixth. It was sixth. That's what I said. Yeah. You said <laughs> you fifth or sixth. <laughs> I didn't. I just, I didn't correct you. I said, I thought he finished fourth. <laughs> you got me all um, stuck on this. Four is the theme. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. But they, uh, the team that surprised me with the struggling has been uh, Gibbs. Yeah. Um, when they made the change a few years ago, um, Gibbs struggled the first year, then they got the new nose and then they stomped, butt. but, uh, you know, they're having a heck of a time right now. Yeah. Kyle um, Busch still not very happy with his cars. Um, and he's getting a little bit of practice too. So I think that, um, Toyota does a lot of stuff from the factory. I mean, Toyota is very, very, very deeply involved with their teams. Yeah. Um, when I was in the truck series and they came in. The first year there were six Toyota trucks and you could have thrown a blanket over the way everything was done on them. They were, you know, if, if, if one of them was cheated up in a spot, all six of them were, Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. and outside of Bubba Wallace getting, you know, nosed out at Daytona, you really haven't seen a whole lot from the Toyotas. I mean, Kurt Busch the other day got a solid finish, but, uh, I think the Bush brothers were both in the top 10, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes. Yeah. Fifth for Kurt, seventh for uh, Kyle. But no other Toyota's in the top 10, correct? Uh, Hamlin was in the garage. I know. Or no, Hamlin finished 13th. Uh, Truex was in the garage, and Christopher Bell was lapsed down, I believe. Yeah. Bubba. So the other six Toyotas weren't anywhere to be found. You know, there just hasn't been much out of Toyota's camp yet this year. Right. So um, it'd probably take several weeks for them to to get rolling. Um, they've done well at Kansas City in the past, at Kansas Speedway. So maybe when they get down there, they'll have a few things figured out. But uh, uh, the Toyota engineers over at TRD are definitely missing things somewhere. Yeah. And like you said, we fully expect these guys to swing back and be a force to reckon with by the end of the season. They always are. I mean, they, it, when it comes to Joe Gibbs racing and Toyota, don't count them out. Uh, they'll, they'll be a force to reckon with by the end of the season. Um, um, the Penske cars have been pretty solid. Uh, they got the win at Daytona. Joey Logano has been, been running up front. You know, he's not dominating anything, but he's, he's been running up front. Um, you know, Austin Sandrick won there at Daytona. Uh, Blaney has been fast but up until this past week he really didn't have any luck you know i I helped him out yeah 
<laughs> yeah, so it's it's been a unique year, but that four four and four stuff, you know, I hadn't even given it a thought. Um, so I I just I just you know I found that very interesting. Yeah, you know, but uh, more of a fluke. For this weekend's race, the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 at Atlanta Motor Speedway Friday is going to feature practice. Uh, do you know if Atlanta is Eastern time or are they Central time? I believe the Speedway is in Eastern time, but I could be wrong. It's it's okay. right along the dividing line there in Georgia. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, it's either going to be 4.05 p.m. our time or 5.05 p.m. our time, but Either way, Friday evening and then Saturday qualifying will happen right around lunchtime. So expect uh, any uh, uh, notices coming out via uh, the Front Stretch Facebook page at about 1230 or one o'clock about uh, number of cars that failed inspection. I'm not even going to bother guessing this week because, you know, uh, and then qualifying again on Saturday afternoon. And then the race is three. Let's see. I just pulled it up. Atlanta's in Eastern. Okay. So two o'clock Eastern time is the race for the folds of honor. Quick trip 500 Sunday at Atlanta motor speedway. Fox has got the broadcast. Like I've said, if you're out and about and you want to be able to listen to the race, just use your Bluetooth on your phone, connect to your car, use the headphones or just play it through your phone speaker, download the NASCAR app, go to the scanner section, and then you can play the race broadcast from the uh, radio partners, whether it be PRN or MRN uh, on your phone. And that's always my favorite way to listen because it's much, much better than the Fox broadcast. Uh, so practice will be again, Thursday at four o'clock Saturday will be qualifying at 1130. And then the race will, uh, kick off at, uh, two o'clock on Sunday for the folds of honor, quick trip, 500 Dirk looks like it's going to be stages. Uh, stage one will end at lap one Oh five stage two will end at lap two ten, And then the race will be completed at 325 laps. Anything to add for Atlanta? Uh, no, I mean, it's a clone. It used to be. Um, almost like Dover. It was a big, fast one mile, big oval, but now it's, uh, they try oval the front. So it's, it's in that cookie cutter mold with Texas and Charlotte, you know, definitely got three, three front straights on the front straight. Have we raced at Atlanta since it's been, uh, reconfigured because we only go there once a year, right? Recon I don't think they reconfigured it except in the corners. I think they changed up the banking a little bit. Yeah. It, but I don't it, think it they repaved it. I know they did that, but I yeah. don't know if we've been there since then. Uh, I guess, yeah, it's, so it's a, a, a steeper 28 degree banking in the corners, new drainage in the technology, uh, new drainage technology for if there happens to be precipitation, they're able to get the water off the track quicker. And then uh, obviously new asphalt. Uh, and that was the big conversation. As we talk about that uh, drivers did not want them to repave Atlanta because it was the oldest surface in the, in, in the cup series for quite some time and uh, drivers just loved how much it it would chew up tires so that's again folds of honor quick trip 400 uh quick trip 500 at uh, atlanta motor speedway this sunday on fox and on prn the nascar app uh, at uh, starting at two o'clock make sure to get your picks in on time i had a couple of people that said they were having issues with the website so they played it safe emailed me their picks if you miss your pick deadline, as long as the green flag hasn't waved or you're having issues, maybe you're in a dead zone, whatever, uh, just send me an email. And, uh, and as long as I get the email before the drop of the green flag, I'll, I'll go in and manually put your pick in and then you'll, uh, you'll get the points for that day. Front stretch podcast at gmail.com. 
Make sure to uh, join us at the World Wheels Car Show April 1st and 2nd at the CHI Center. Uh, we're going to be playing more for getting me more information about that coming up in the next week or so as we continue to schedule interviews. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back in turn number two. Zach Zeitner. Zach Attack? Z-Man? ZZ Zach Talk? Attack. What do we want to call him? The Zach Attack. All right, we'll go with the Zach Attack. He's coming up in turn number two. Driver the number 76, late model. We'll find out what's going on with Zach uh, this coming season. Hang tight. We'll be right back on the front stretch. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. This time I'm talking laptop screen replacement. We've all made the mistake of dropping our laptop. Maybe one of our animals stepped on it. Maybe we set something heavy on top of it and we just didn't realize it was too heavy. And you go to turn that laptop screen on, there's a giant crack across it. That doesn't mean your laptop is completely worthless. In just a couple of days of turnaround, I can easily get your laptop screen replaced and usually it's for a pretty reasonable price. Don't think your laptop is completely wasted just because you have a broken screen on it. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641, or shoot me an email, tailoredcomputersandrepair at gmail.com. I'd be glad to give you an estimate on how much it's going to cost to replace your laptop screen. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch race fans heading into turn number two. Time for another Quaker Steak and Lube interview. And man, the time has finally come. The weather was beautiful the last couple of days. And you know they had that patio open and the beers were flowing. The wings were delicious. Get down to Quaker Steak and Lube seven days a week, especially on Sundays for all the great NASCAR action on the big screens at Quaker Steak and Lube. Joining us on the show now, one of the uh, super late model drivers continuing his uh family tradition of racing super late models throughout the area. Zach Zeitner joining us on the show. Zach, uh, appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, it's, uh, we're finally finally good to be on here. <laughs> uh, is this your first time coming on? Well, we did that family interview thing years yeah. back with uh, my cousins and my dad and my uncles. So yeah. Yeah, personally, this is my job. first time. Yeah, yeah first yep. time you coming on uh, just doing this uh solo conversation so uh sorry it's taken so long uh but uh welcome to the show and uh let's talk about your 2021 race season give us give some of those fans kind of a, a recap of what happened to the uh 76 late model oh you know we uh kind of changed up some stuff on the car came out i thought pretty strong but we had a lot of bad luck and i think we finished worse in points last year than we did the year before and i was I thought we had better finishes this past season, but it was kind of tough. I mean, that Malvern Bank Series is is very tough crowd. Um, I give them that. You know, the Kaziski family does a lot for that series and Jay. Um, but it had a it was it was quite had its ups and downs for sure. Um, I don't know. I it, it's it's tough. That's all yep. I guess I could really say. Well, many drivers have tried to take it on and, and uh, I don't want to say failed, but just didn't get the results they were expecting because the competition in there, I mean, when you're, you just talk about Kyle Burke and Tad Pospisil, that's going to be tough enough, but then you throw in Jesse sobbing every once in a while, Justin Kai, Ben Schaller. I mean, there's top 10 of those drivers could all knock off a win and nobody be surprised. Oh yeah. I mean, any, any guy in the top 10, any given night could probably, you know, win for sure. Um, for me to finish in the top 10, uh, I had a handful of top 10s, I think. Um, I was pretty happy with that, but obviously everybody wants to shoot for a win, you know. Right. A win? 
Well, you know, more than a <laughs> win. win for me, night. one win would be great. That series would would be uh, would be pretty cool. Now, uh, how many years you've been running the supers? Uh, I know you raced uh, uh, limited late models or crate late models for a few years. Well, actually, no, I never. I actually never raced any limited crate bragging rights, whatever you want to call it. Now, I never did any of that. I started right off in the supers. Oh man! Um, I went. I went from go karts to supers. I raced a cage car, a little sensitive way. Won a track champion, and then I went straight into the late models. Uh, but you... we were talking about that the other day. It's already my sixth season Jeez. doing this. How do you feel it like that transition like went? That for me, and and everybody's different, but uh, I don't know. I just – I had a good coach. My dad, my dad coached me very well, I think. And he was hard on me, but I think that's what you need um especially he's been doing it for so long you know he was probably one of the best around around this area you know in the sunset days and whatnot um I mean he's taught me everything I need to know and I think you know what we told each other all the time was you go as fast as you can as straight as you can keep that car under control eventually you'll get faster yeah and that's what I did and you know we had you had some run-ins with some people um I remember, you know, a night at I-80, I got, I, I kind of hit Andrew Kaziski a little bit. He wasn't mad. He came over and rubbed his knuckles on top of my head. He's like, you'll get it, you know, but, um, you know, that's, that's, that's the transition for me, I thought was easier than I, I expected it. I know a lot of people that are transitioning from the go-karts to the, whether it's a B-Mod or, you know, whatever. And the only thing I could tell them, is just go as fast as you can, as straight as you can. And yeah. that could go for anybody, no matter how old you are, whether you started at a, an older age or whatever. I mean, I think that's the best thing you could do. Yeah, it kind of sets up with sometimes slower is faster. Yep, yep. I mean, just keeping that car under control, the speed will eventually come. It's kind of your, go ahead. As far as your deal with Andrew, <laughs> I don't think he was going to pick a fight with you. <laughs> Oh no, Andrew's cool, <laughs> dude. Uh, yeah, no, it was just, it was just. I don't even remember exactly. I just know we made contact. I think I had way more damage than, than he did. I don't think you know. They probably didn't even have to straighten the body panel. I know I did, but yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. I want to talk a little bit about that transition because you know, there's. I feel like there's two schools of thoughts of leaving the car to and going to get an experience in another class before you move up into something that's as big and powerful as a super light model. But then again, the, the flip side of that coin is that you can oftentimes learn bad habits by going and racing other classes. Yeah. I've heard that too. I mean, I ain't gonna, I don't, you know, I think it's great to see anybody move up to a bigger class, you know, or to a, the big track, I guess you could say. Um, and I've heard that a lot where you could maybe get some bad habits from, uh, you know, a compact where it's front wheel drive or you know a hobby stock you know whatever that you don't really have the power like you do a super late model uh me i can't really i can't really you know talk for those people because i i've never i've only driven um a super late model so i don't really know i know at the end of last year i did some crate late model stuff and i can tell you 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 notice the horsepower difference so um i don't know it's for me 
when you go to a little go-kart motor to that, it's, it's a lot for sure. But, um, I don't know. I, I've, I've heard that a lot though about the bad habits. Yeah. Well, it probably depends on how cheated up your little go-kart motor was. It might've been about the same horsepower as your late model. <laughs> yeah. You know, plead the fifth. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, yep. I reserve the right to not answer that question awarded to me under the constitution of the United States of America. So yep. <laughs> help me God. <laughs> uh what picked up your uh, first career win i think back in 2019 yep it was at uh shelby county speedway in harlan iowa yeah as a part of the malvern bank super light model series that must have uh, been a very special night actually it was not it was actually just i think a regular super late model show oh was that was... back when they were sponsoring the super late models at shelby when malvern bank was well it was kind of i don't I don't know if it was like back when the Gales Gold Rush thing was going on, or I think it was the year after that. But I know it was like a hop memorial. I can't remember. It was I think it was Gary's dad's memorial or something. Uh, but it was a race over there. We actually that weekend we were supposed to race Norfolk with the Malvern Bank Series. For some reason, we went to Harlem that night and we end up winning. Um, and I remember my dad telling me he goes. He goes, you did everything perfect. You know, I started on, I won my heat, started on the pole, led every lap. You know, it was a, I love that place. I love Harlan, Iowa. So, um, I don't know. It was pretty cool. My dad, you know, my cousins, my uncles, you know, they've all won over there at Harlan. So to, to, I guess, put my name under the wind column, that's, it was pretty cool for me over there. Now, since then, I haven't got a win. That's my only win in super late models. Um, you know, I wish I can hope, I, I hope I can get some more this year. Um, you know, we kind of changed some things up this year, but you know, just to put my name under the wind column over there is, was happy for me. So, yeah. And you finished uh, last season kind of on a bit of a hot streak. You picked up a third place, a second place, a second place. Uh, and then, uh, you finished the season, um, well, I guess at the uh, Cornhusker Classic, October 9th with that second place run. Um, yep. So does that build confidence going into this year or, or is it kind of like, all right, that was last year. We got different stuff this year that we got to work on. Well, towards the end of last year, we purchased uh, a Longhorn chassis and we ran bragging rights stuff and uh, at I-80 there. And that's what I mean, I guess, kind of when we changed up some things, we actually – are going to focus and run a lot of bragging rights shows this year and IMCA shows, probably some hit or miss Malvern bank shows. Um, but yeah, when we got that car at the end of last year, I, I raced it like four or five times and we finished every, every spot in the, in the top five, I think, except for a win, you know, wow. leading, I led half that last race and I came up one spot short. So I'm very, I'm very confident with that car. Um, it, it seemed to fit my driving style, I think very well. And I don't know. I hope I can pick off, pick up where I left off at the end of last year. Um, but that, that class, the bragging rights class, it still has some, it's got some good, good race car drivers in there. Yeah. You know, you got Jake Britt, Jacob Brown and 
you know, Cole Wayman's there sometimes. And, uh, yeah, I think Cole's uh, going to be running you know, full time for a championship there. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you Andrew know, there's a, there's a ton of guys. Yeah. I don't really know. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of guys there in that class that could win any night, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it'll be tough, but it'll be a lot of fun too. So I'm excited. I just want to race IED Speedway, you know, for the last season and, and uh, just try to have a lot of fun there. So that's kind of why we switched up our, our class, our, you know, whether it was the same car or the new car, I think we were going to be in that class anyway. It's just something I wanted to kind of do. Yep. Um, just race close to home and just have fun. Let's talk well, about close. Go ahead, Dirk. If you haven't got a win there at IED yet either, that'd be nice to pick up a win there for your resume. You know, that's that's kind of my goal this year. I've set I've set a high a high goal. Hopefully, a year from now, I can talk to you and tell you a little more. Uh, my goal this year is track champion at IED Speedway in the bragging rights class or multiple wins. I would yeah. take either one, but. It ain't going to be easy because those guys are good. I mean, you got the same motor, you know. I mean, everybody's kind of – I, I want to say equal, but you're not because everybody's car is different, you know. Everybody drives different. So, that's my goal for this year's track champion at IE Speedway and many wins. Consistency is the biggest thing. Finishing races is another. I think if you put all those together and have just good luck on your side – you should be there at the end of the at the end of the season. Absolutely. All right. Uh, first race of the season. Where are you planning on uh, running at? It'll be April first at I eighty Speedway with the in the bragging rights class. Um, as of right now, that's yeah, that's the first race. I don't think there's anything else sooner than that. Yeah. Uh, Anthony would be able to tell you, but I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> All right, uh, so running full-time, running the uh, Bragging Rights Championship at I-80 Speedway. Uh, are you just running I-80, or are you going to uh, try to commit to two full nights of racing? Well, it's – I mean, Harlan, you know, there's a lot of rumors going around with Harlan, and they haven't released the schedule yet, so I'm really kind of waiting on that place. It's sad to hear what happened out there at McCool Junction, and the reason why that thing has closed up for the year that was kind of my second option for Saturday night. Um, and another note for the first couple races of the year, we will hit the, the late models at Eagle on yeah. the 15th, I believe. Also, it just came out this week, I think, or last week. We've kind of been talking about it, but there's a race now on the 16th of April at Corning, Iowa, and that's IMCA late models. Yeah, the so we Cracker Gold there. one. One of Dirk and I's favorite yep. kickoff to the season races, just because I, I kind of like saying Cracker Cold one. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, it's we, Cracker we, Cold we, one or something to do with midgets. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I tried to get back to the corning. You know, I grew up watching my family race there too. Yeah. And uh, I, I like Eagle a lot. So hopefully we can have some good nights to start off the season here and Hopefully we get a lot of cars at those at those other two races. I think there'll be plenty at I eighty. I I think Eagle will have some. I hope a lot of guys you know make the poll and go to go to Corning too. So yeah. for that first night. So. All right then, Zach Seitner, driver of the seventy six, uh, now going to be bragging right late model throughout the area. 
Uh, looking to kick a season off April 1st and 2nd, I-80 Speedway. Uh, make sure to thank some of those great sponsors that help keep that 76 rolling up and down the road. Yeah, we uh, we got a couple new ones on board this year. I'm excited for that. Uh, but, you know, I got to start off with uh, Zeitner and Sons. Uh, everybody there, you know, uncle, uh, my dad, my grandparents. Um, I got to thank uh, Blaha Service and B&B Plumbing. A um, couple new ones this year, All Makes Collision with the Getchmans, yeah. uh, Aero Real Estate Group, um, uh, Leakus Lawns came back on board with us this year, uh, Salinda's Daycare, and Stumpy's Custom Creations for uh, making us look good, too. We also got a new look for, for this year. It's something that people would probably say it's not me, which I'm still – it's still, uh, you know, coming around on me, but <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be pretty cool, so – uh, are there pictures of them up on your Facebook page yet? There is, I think. Um, we were trying to get it in the World of Wheels this year, but it's also the same weekend as the first race at I-80 Speedway. So yeah. we can't do that. Um, but yeah, there is pictures up on our Facebook page. There is a Zach Zeitner racing page and also my personal uh, Zach Zeitner. So there should be pictures of of the car on both of those and probably on stumpy custom creations. So all right. It's well, looking pretty sharp. I'm kind of curious if this uh if like your official name or nickname I should say is Zach Attack. Is that a official deal or is that just kind of thrown that, out there every now and then? The Zach Attack. Uh, yeah, that's something Anthony's kind of done. Uh, uh you know, like there's 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 the Z man. I think he calls Corey that or CRZ or whatever, you know, then I don't know. Like there's, there's so many different things. Like growing up as a kid, one of my coaches would call me big Z, but uh, then, you know, we had a deal where like ZZ top, but you know, that's obviously kind of taken. Uh, I don't know. Zach attack. It don't, I can't hear you guys say it. So it don't really bother me. <laughs> doesn't matter. But, <laughs> So, so all right man uh we got the sponsors taken care of make sure to go to zach zeitner racing at zach zeitner racing on facebook for uh details and information about the race page looks like you guys got some uh advertising some malvern bank t-shirts uh up there also uh, let's see gotta get the posted on there a little bit more you haven't posted since november of last year yeah we're kind of waiting on the schedule from harlan to see we were okay. we want to release a schedule, um, but we're still waiting on that. So, um, but yeah, for sure, it's uh, I-80 will be the start. I mean, you can you can bet on seeing us at every uh, bragging rights show at I-80 Speedway. Like I said, there may be a hit or hit or miss on the Malvern Bank races, but probably some IMPA races as well too. Right. So. All right, man. Good to finally get you on the show. Let's uh, make sure we're talking to you at the end of the season for the IED Speedway Track Champions interviews. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try my best. That's for sure. <laughs> all right. Look forward <laughs> to seeing you in the pits, bud. All right. Uh, once again, that was Zach Zeitner, driver of the number 76. Uh, kind of surprising news there a little bit. Going to be uh, stepping down. I don't want to say stepping down. That's not. That's definitely not the right way to say it. But um, going to be moving into the Bragging Right late model class. Uh, contending for the uh, track championship at IED Speedway this year. Yeah, um, could be a handful of things. 
Um, I think it's probably, um, they run, I do believe, more nights at I-80 than the super late models. Am I correct? Because super late models, I know, run a very limited schedule there. Yeah, I want to say the uh, supers race like five, seven. maybe six times. I was going to say seven. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's very, very limited. And then uh, the Bragging Rights run uh, quite a few NASCAR nights. So I, I would guess probably somewhere around 10 to 11, maybe 12. Well, so it's it's probably a um, a good thing to to maybe make this move and get the seat time, you yeah. know. Yeah, so. yeah, and you know the super late model class obviously doing very well with the Malvern Bank Touring Series, but when you hit that add that Touring Series to the to the uh, the title, uh, you're going to be spending quite a bit of money on transportation. Obviously, fuel is going to be a big issue. Uh, it it definitely hits the racing budget hard and not only does it hit the racing budget, but it makes it more difficult. Cause if, if you're out there racing in Davenport on a Wednesday, you got to take that day off of work. And maybe that's something that your boss, his bosses don't allow. So uh, for whatever reason, one way or another, he uh, is moving into the uh, Bragg Wright late model class. And I expect to see him to be a major contender for that track championship uh, in uh, this coming season at I-80. Yeah, um, I do too. Yeah. All right, let's take uh, – actually, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. Make sure you get out to the racetrack Thursday, uh, Friday, and Saturday at Beatrice. It's the Beatrice Spring Nationals. Thursday is practice, but we do have some pre precipitation predicted in the area, so we'll have to wait and see what, the, uh, what Beatrice does with that. Hopefully, they're able to race on Friday and Saturday and hopefully have some good racing. I'm looking forward to getting out there on Saturday. Only been to Beatrice once, so I'm I'm looking forward to doubling my time out there. And um, I, actually, Sarah's going to be going with me on Saturday. I'm actually getting uh -oh. Sarah out to the racetrack. They got any charging stations between here and there? They do, Lincoln. <laughs> yep, but I won't need it. I'll do a full charge at home and don't have to worry about it. Uh, yeah, it'd be about a sixty mile an hour headwind. <laughs> well, that way, and then and it'll be a tailwind on the way back, or whichever yeah. one assuming that, but anyways, um, so yeah, get out to Beatrice. And then next week we are working on getting, uh, Scott angel on the show, the Nebraska dirt crown set to kick off on, I say Thursday, the 24th, Thursday, the 24th. Thank you at us 30 speedway. So that's next Thursday, March 24th. Then it's Friday, March 25th at IED speedway. Then it's Saturday, March 26th at Beatrice. And then Sunday, March 27th, at Thayer County. I hope to hell these guys are able to get in the races because, oh my God. Can you hear that? There's some squeaking or something. Yeah, Piper found her ball. Hey. Oh. I hope the hell these guys were able to get their races in because they have definitely uh, paid the, they've paid their dues with, uh, is this the third year they're trying to do it? Mm, third or fourth third i think yeah i couldn't remember if it was third or fourth but uh anyways that'll be next week's race and again beatrice this coming uh friday saturday so get out support some racing uh, enjoy the great weather and uh great company we'll see everybody next week and uh thanks everybody for listening make sure to like up and share the front stretch podcast uh, any opinions thoughts comments we'd love to hear from you front stretch uh front stretch podcast at gmail.com front stretch podcast at gmail.com send us over your thoughts uh ideas maybe you want somebody on the show you haven't ever heard before we'll listen to you front stretch podcast at gmail.com for dirk houston i'm dan taylor 
Thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back next week for two more podcasts. We'll talk to you then. The official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is Happy Hour, featuring dollar-off draft and well drinks plus $4 Luberitas. Mondays are Kids Night. Tuesdays are all-you-can-eat wings for $12.95, and the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs. Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak & Lube.